everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast live at the NFL Combine. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here. We just heard from Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. We're going to talk about all the things we learned. This is a fun one because Zach and I haven't even discussed. We haven't even unpacked it off air. We just we left the press conferences, some of the little gaggles that happened afterwards, went to our respective hotel rooms, logged on. We're ready to talk, but we we don't know what each other thinks about what we just heard from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. Zach, how are you? Doing well. He took the words out of my mouth that I was I was going to say. What's interesting about this show is it's the first show, other than the post game shows, when we we haven't conversed before. So we don't. I don't know what's on your mind. You don't know what's on my mind. Um, we're. I hope it's not disorganized, but it's really going to be just like spilling our immediate thoughts. I haven't even had time to process what was said. And usually mm-hmm. I like to think before I said, so this is, this could be more akin to a post game show than anything else. The other thing I want to point out and longtime viewers of the show will appreciate this uh, is that when I came on the first thing I was and actually when I checked into the hotel last night, the first thing I thought about is what's the backdrop going to be for the Tuesday show. Of and course. when I got here, I was focused on the backdrop. And Julia, our uh, our ace head of production at the company, she said to me, she said, Zach, it's a nice backdrop, but the lighting is not good. So can you, so I, but so I said, I was focusing on this backdrop. And she said to me, she said, what you should focus on is, is the lighting, but you can spin the laptop at the beginning of the show to show what the backdrop would have been. So for all the, so for the viewers here, I was going to give a little oh, yes. picturesque what view a backdrop of Indianapolis. <laughs> and oh, now you have nothing could possibly compare to, to that skyline. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to give this picturesque view of uh, this isn't quite market square, but this is downtown Indianapolis and instead, well, the more, you get the, the more important view has already been commented on by the, uh, the the commenters. We got a super chat from Real Time who says Zach Berman with the Travis Kelsey cut, sexy. I pre- I I don't think it's the Travis Kelsey cut. I think it's just. Uh, you think Travis calls the, it the Zach Berman cut? No, no, no. Actually, this was a big controversy um, during the Super Bowl week, if you recall. Uh, that I think the New York Times had a story about. Travis Kelsey's haircut being a trend and like it had been it's been a popular cut in like uh you know mm. different communities for years right and so Travis Kelsey can't necessarily claim credit for it okay well there you go all right Zach um we will get into everything and I think there are some things that sort of change the way I feel about the mm. offseason head most of it I think is is either uh, a sell job or what we would have expected. There is one thing in particular that is actually kind of uh, a bit of a red flag in my mind that we heard, but I want to know the number one takeaway you have and that I have, because uh, I, I imagine they're different, but I, there's one thing that to me was one of the funniest things that, that I've heard said in one of these situations. So number one takeaway for, uh, here, I'm I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one for like the offseason and one for like what's happened during these past few weeks. What's the answer? Uh, what's the answer that you will remember five years from now? The answer I'll remember five. Well, I'll remember all the answers yes. five years from now. Uh, OK, um, well, I- but the answer that I will remember most. Uh, well, here, I'm going to give you a quick Nick 
uh, my big takeaway from Nick and my big takeaway from Howie. Okay. My big takeaway right. from Nick is that he doesn't view the offense as the problem. That like that this is an offense that a year ago was like setting records in Philadelphia. That they they didn't need to turn over their offensive staff because this is the Philadelphia Eagles offense, so they're going to put together. They're going to put together their concepts with Kellen Moore's concepts. And like the defense, Vic Fangio needed his guys on defense. But offense, this is the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And there's a little bit of a defensiveness about like suggestions about the offense, you know, about Jalen Hurts or the offense. This is, I think he, he was trying to reinforce that this is an offense that was setting records. And this is an offense that was a big deal in Philly, right? Um, so that was my big Nick Sirianni takeaway. My Howie Roseman. Okay, let's let's get into this. Actually, let's let's save Howie because and and is that something you agree with? Yes, and it's and I'm going to save this silly thing that that uh, you know really made my ears perk up and that I will remember. We'll we'll get to that. That's a little bit of a of a tease, as Zach likes to say. I absolutely got the sense from several answers that like Nick Nick Sirianni doesn't really think he did much wrong and isn't really prepared to change what he does. I mean, some of the messaging is exactly the same. And I know there was a, a comment in here before, like I'm getting tired of about hearing about the core values. Well, like, guess what? Those aren't going away. And it like it, it doubling down on what we know to be true. And the one thing we learned today is that uh, apparently there are two of the five core values that are <laughs> a little bit more important that for a while. It was, they are all equally important and mm-hmm. the order doesn't matter, but now it's actually connect and accountability are the two that stand above the rest. Yeah. Uh, over and Capete th- just got a high billing because it begins with a C. <laughs> right, so exactly, connected uh, well, Capete accountability sound good starts with an A. But no, but connected uh, Capete sound good together. That's that's what he said. And by it's the like way, and by the way, if you were to like unpack what happened at the end of the season, arguably accountability and connection were two of the things like that they failed at more than the others. All of that said, uh, the way that he talks about the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one year removed from the best offense in Eagles history, the way he talks about A.J. Brown. Um, I do not get the sense that he had some, uh, you know, got some time away, had some come to Jesus moment about like there are a lot of things that we need to change about the offense. If you were expecting like, uh, and probably it would have been naive to expect this, but if you were expecting a a different Nick Sirianni, like a uh, – uh, with a different plan of attack on how to coach the football team, I think you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I, I think that his takeaway is that the defense sucked, right? I think that's I think that's how he viewed how the season went. And that, look, we're bringing in Vic Fangio. Uh, this guy has so much experience. Uh, Vic Fangio has his guys on defense. Uh, they're going to make some personnel changes on, on, on defense, and that ties into what Howie said. Uh, and obviously, is, I, I disagree with that. Like, of course, the defense sucked, but for the offense to finish tenth with that, with the health that they got and the talent that they have, was an absolute failure. And like to puff your chest out about like, uh, well, we were really good in some categories. Like, I'm sorry, that is not good enough. And the yeah. path for this team forward is to be a top three, top five offense, and they absolutely underperformed last year. Yeah, I, I think that they would agree with that, that they underperformed. But I think they view it like, well, the players who are there when they set all these records are still in place. That the coaches who 
help build that offense are mostly still in place. Shane Steichen, Brian Johnson, and then Alex Tandy aren't aren't here. But other than that, like Jeff Stoutland and Kevin Petulo, you hear Kevin Petulo's name a lot. Kevin Petulo is a big part of this operation, right? And I, I, I think that they basically want Kellen Moore to take what they had and add a little flavor to it. But I don't think this is – and I said this on the show, and I still stand by it. You don't hire Kellen Moore not to run Kellen Moore's offense. But I will admit that my antenna is up about a 2020 situation where – it was it was like they brought in Scangarello to bring in these different ideas, and then they got to a point where Doug is like, "Wait, no, I want a Super Bowl with my ideas. You know, we don't need right. your ideas." And I, I I actually don't know if Doug said that, but I think that was kind of the I think there was a a um, that 2020 season. It was like there's what they wanted to do, what they knew they could do, and those two things couldn't couldn't butt heads, or, or those two things couldn't mesh. And I think they're really hoping for a meshing here of what they did the first two years. Well, in particular, what they did in 2022 and then what uh, Kellen Moore is bringing in. So here's the actual thing. All of that stuff is like, uh, that's just Nick, right? He, he's not going to necessarily change who he is. And all of the, what we're talking about today is like parsing, answers from a press conference when people are just speaking extemporaneously it doesn't necessarily uh mean a ton but the one thing to me that was an actual red flag as they move forward and build out this roster moving moving ahead is howie roseman uh i asked him the question about like you've had the luxury of not needing your rookies to play a ton over the past couple of years because of the strength of the roster has that affected your ability to like self scout guys to, to really have the, the, the information. And he said, like, as, as we move forward, we are going to, we like, we, I have talked about this coach and I have talked about this. Like we're going to have to play the young guys and there are going to be some times when it's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, just looking at the depth chart because the guy hasn't proven it, but like in service of what is best for the team, We're going to have to play the young guys. And this is the conversation that we've been having over the past month or so. Like at some point, those reps matter more. Like it it is, it it would have been better for the December Eagles if Sidney Brown got starters reps in September, as opposed to having to wait so long. Which we spoke about in September. Which we spoke about in September. Yeah, of course. That was not not a big surprise. Yeah. But that's a real thing. Like they need to, at some point, they, they need to let the young guys play. And then Nick was asked about that. And he gave the exact same answer that he gave last year and the year before. Like, the age doesn't matter. I'm going to play whoever gives us the best chance to win that week. And that is the coach's – like, that is always going to be the coach's bias, is who is the most dependable, who is the the most reliable. And that's how you get Justin Evans starting four games. And Justin Evans was fine. He wasn't – you know, they won those games, right? But – it was the way that Howie talked about it as if this was a conversation they've had. They have had like this agreement on at some point we got to turn the roster over. And Nick was like, he just wasn't a part of that conversation or he doesn't agree with that. That to me was like, oh, maybe there is a there is a bit of a disconnect here at this thing that is going to be very important as they flip this roster forward. Well, I agree with you. Uh, but interestingly, you know, between the two of us, you, you usually accuse me or the uh, the audience accuses me of kind of defending Howie. 
in this. Uh, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll push back on, on, on how I agree with the premise of, of, of what you're saying. They do need to play young guys, but the easiest thing for a GM to do in like defending his record, if you will, like passively defending his record is, well, the coach didn't play my guys. Like I, you That's know, these point. picks, right. You know, I mean, perhaps the coaches didn't play them because the guys weren't ready to play. Right. And, and, and this goes into what you were saying about whether it's Nolan Smith or Sidney Brown. I agree. You do have to play these players. And we, we shouted out Tommy Lawler earlier this offseason when, when he spoke about the chiefs defense and like they played these guys, they took their lumps. And then it, it, you know, when it came to money time, these guys were ready. That said, maybe those guys were better players, and that's 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 what you have to determine. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Howie in, in in this is that of course Sidney Brown should be playing over Justin Evans. We were saying that last year, and Nolan Smith should be getting reps. Right? You need to know who these that, guys that are. That was one that yeah. he specifically yeah. mentioned. Yes. Yeah, and that like Tyler Steen should be playing over Sue Opeta. Right? Like like these are all things that we've discussed uh, numbers of times, a number of times rather. Uh, but I, I will emphasize this is, is that it's very easy for Howie to say, That's a good point. like, like my guys, you know, or my draft picks just haven't had the opportunity, right? Like the jury's still out on a Kobe Dean, right? Um, or the jury's still out on Nolan Smith or the jury's still out, you know, you, you, you go on down the list. Uh, but I think that's a good point. Yeah, at, at some point you can't keep playing these patchwork players on one-year deals if you have high draft picks you got to play high draft picks and uh, or even if you have mid-round like you draft a guy in the first three rounds to be a starter or a contributing player for you and you just you you, you need to throw them in the water to see what they can do and right, i do smart. believe i do believe they're going to do that this year and i i don't think i i think between those two conversations i i think I think Howie's going to win that one because uh, probably uh, so, but it's well, one to bookmark for week one and week two. Yeah, well, because I also think Howie could Howie could force the issue in that Howie could say like I'm not giving you your Justin Evanses this year, right? You know, Howie always likes to have insurance, but it could be uh, like like they well, did a yeah, linebacker last year. He's not going to submarine his own roster. I mean, you need you need no, I no, I, I I no, I agree with that. But you look at linebacker last year. Like they deliberately did not, did not sign someone over Nicobe Dean. They were like, yeah. Nicobe Dean's going to play. Um, now Nicobe Dean, and I'm, he ended up getting hurt, and then the 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 depth was an issue. But pick, you know, uh, if if Jason Kelsey retires, okay, they could very well say like, this is your center and this is your right guard, right? We drafted these guys second round, third round. Like these guys are going to play. Um, they they could very well say uh, at I mean, safety, it's a different story because if Sidney Brown was coming back healthy, then I, I think you could say Sidney Brown's going to start. But Sidney Brown might might not, you know, he, he, he might not be healthy. But they might very well do that at cornerback with, with Keely Ringo. They might say, I'm not giving you an, an, I'm not giving you someone better than Keely Ringo unless it's a, you know, a Snead or someone who's who's like a, a blue chip player. I'm not giving you that that one year Steven Nelson. You're gonna play Keely Ringo, and Keely Ringo is gonna take his his lumps. So they they very well could do that. Um, the thing that Nick said that is the one thing that I will remember from this press conference is when he was asked about Jalen Hurts' leadership, and Zach he said 
There's no book written about this is how you lead. <laughs> and I've read a thousand I mean, books like that. It's hard to imagine a topic that has had more books written about it than yes. leadership. <laughs> like yes. I think so what he I meant wrote, is I wrote no... I wrote in my notes, not a book written about this is how you lead LOL. Yeah, I would say I would say to Nick, uh, my backpack wasn't there when I did it, but I, I would say, Nick, here I have my iPad. I have a Kindle profile here, and I could give you like 20 books in here about leadership. Um, but <laughs> what's your favorite leadership book, Nick? Um, I, I would say Leaders Eat Last, maybe. Um, wow. Uh, Opposite con- contra Roger Goodell. <laughs> famous Roger Goodell uh, story wouldn't let let the let the warm pizza sit there wouldn't nope everybody was afraid to eat until he took a slice himself uh there's there's um you know there's I don't know there's uh there's a bunch of Jim Collins books that you can look at uh I would say uh there's a number you know I mean you're gonna laugh when I say this there's a lot of like Malcolm Gladwell concepts um that uh I probably apply to this but but maybe good the great stands out um how about you know what? I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, to the Covey family, right? I, I mean, those are characteristics that leaderships have. But let's let's uh, let's let's pause. I I think what he meant, what Nick meant, is that there's no one way. There's no book that says this is how you have to lead. I think there there is probably a, a literally a book that has has that title. But no, yes, no. <laughs> Because there's, I think he meant that there's not, there's not a book on like there's this is no, how you there is no, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. But I mean, that's, so that's what he meant. We can say that that was very funny. Yes, um, true. Uh, but I thought the funny thing was I, I, the funniest thing for me with Nick. Was, there's no, there's no book written about how to cook something. No, when when he when he said uh, after after all it's it's what you mentioned a few minutes ago after all these years the core values they're all important but there's actually two that are most important yeah <laughs> it's it's really connected accountability um, but man he he loves telling us about the core values what did you think about what he said about Jalen I think I think he's right I think that well, well tell tell the listeners but, what he said. Because we had a discussion yeah. yesterday about whether he was going to put anything on Jalen or, or he was going to. Yeah, so it's similar to what he, he said. He said, like, Jalen has his his own unique leadership style. And I'm not I, – I should say, right now I'm not quoting anyone verbatim because I haven't listened through yet. I, uh, I listen, you know, and in a press conference, I'm, like, taking notes. Here it's hard to take notes because you can't really hear everything uh, when you're at the combine because questions are, are shouted. They're at a little bit of a distance. So you had to kind of piece together some of the things. So I, but what he was saying what, uh, about Jalen was that Jalen has his style. There's no one way to do this, and that Jalen kind of has has to lead his way. And this is in response to this to the speculation, like we said yesterday, that as as has been reported, he he needs to be more vocal. And I can imagine they're having those conversations behind the scenes. Because I know Mike Garofalo. Mike Garofalo is an outstanding reporter and would not report something that he doesn't have, like, ironclad. And so I think these conversations are being had. But to the point we – when we talked about this with, with Les, I don't think Nick's ever going to throw his quarterback under the bus. Or no, or I don't think he's, he's going to, like, remotely be critical of his quarterback. And I also has, think that – well, go ahead. No, he's repeatedly, and this happened in the, in the Seattle game. Like he will, he will stand up for his quarterback 
uh, to the point of where it's it's indefatigable in his approach. I believe that the like Mike's report that the conversation in the building has been about like you know Jalen's leadership style reflects much worse on the organization than it does Jalen. Like, even if that is a thing that they think needs to be tweaked, like, I'm sorry. For them to be pointing the finger at Jalen Hurts' leadership style after everything that went down yeah. is like, I just, it's so it's so passing the buck that it's, I think, unbecoming. I want to clarify, Matt H. said, Zach, that's the opposite of what you said yesterday. That's what Bo was saying. When we were doing that game yesterday, it was about Howie Roseman. And I think Howie Roseman might have answered that question a little bit differently. Uh, oh, I totally disagree. Okay. You okay. think Howie uh, would have put something on Jalen? Not necessarily on, on Jalen, but I think it, it would have been. You have to remember this is a 25-year-old who's, who's, uh, who's like, you know, still, still growing, still maturing. Like he said today, he said Jalen has all the traits that you want in a quarterback. And I, I do believe that they think that. But I think uh, I think Howie's more coded in his in his answer sometimes than or I I think there's often with with how you can read between the lines more than with with Nick. I, I think Nick is is very literal. Yeah, I don't think that I think that Howie would have gone out of his way to okay. say nothing but nice things about Jalen. No, nice things, but leaving open the door that that Jalen, you know. Peyton Manning was was different when he was thirty than you know, or Tom Brady was different when he was thirty than when he was twenty five, right? You know, you know quarterbacks. I don't think grow, so. quarterbacks evolve. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that. I I wouldn't put it out of the question that he would. Uh, That's um, yeah, there, I, there's there for him. There's perhaps nothing we should have asked that. Howie was uh, uh, Howie was like twelve minutes today. Um, you know, I only got one question in, uh, and and it was the question that I had been saying I wanted to ask about the aberration, right? So we didn't get much on Jalen from Howie. There was like a – I didn't hear what the question was, but I think it was a general quarterback development question that Howie kind of talked about Jalen's traits. But th so that answer came up with Sirianni, did not necessarily come up with with uh, Howie. Okay, let's, let's save Howie um, for a little bit. Is there anything else from Nick that you would like to, to unpack? Um, yeah, so – like as I said, the the defensive staff, and this was this. I'm answering this directly because this was a question that I asked, uh, which was the experience on the staff. And he didn't talk about the experience of the uh, coaches, although he said they needed that they needed to give Vic Fangio his guys, which he admitted, which we didn't do with Sean last year. Like he literally said that, and they didn't do that. Which they gave Sean Desai one guy, and that was the nickel coach, Ronnell Williams, right? And yeah. they very much, you know, like DK McDonald was the D-backs coach, and that was that was Nick's guy. And DJ Elliott, they did that comprehensive search of like 20 guys, and Nick hired him, right? Um, Vic, I mean, Vic Fangio hired his his assistants here. That's very clear. All three levels are Vic Fangio guys. Uh, when I asked about the experience on the staff, he actually focused on Vic Fangio's experience, saying, like, Jonathan Gannon was a first-year coordinator. Sean Desai was a young coordinator. Now they have a guy who, when he first came to the Combine, the Combine was in New Orleans, right? Like, that's how old... Vic Fangio is, and he's really looking forward to having that experience. And so that that was the uh, that was the the approach that he took. And then so that's one thing that that's that's that stood out. His defense of AJ Brown, 
and I, I agree with Nick. This is actually what I said in, in my tweet the other day. He said A.J. Brown's the best receiver he's ever played in Philadelphia, um, which, like, if you look at the first two years, he has the two best now. He's It's 17-game seasons. But still, he has the, statistically the two best seasons of a wide receiver in NFL history, in, in Eagles history, rather. Um, and so he said that A.J. I mean, has, some like, pretty good. I had some pretty good bubble ball receivers back in yeah. the day. But. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a reason why A.J. wears the C on his chest. All, the, all this, like, A.J., very vociferous defensive AJ. And I think they genuinely believe that. I, I think that the, um, the attributes or like the problems that have been assigned to, to AJ, I think they view that as more external news than anything else. I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't think that's coming from the team. I think the Jalen stuff, I think that's coming from the team. I don't think any of this AJ. So I, I think the AJ stuff is just like media created people reading into answers People, you know, uh, I don't think the team has this uh, has this big issue with AJ. And then he wasn't asked directly about this, but you know, look, there was a column in the Inquirer today about uh, uh, from from Marcus Hayes that the that he coached like the star players differently than than the other people. And Nick said today uh, that he he specifically said you coach you know you have to coach everyone. Uh, different. There's one standard, but you coach everyone different. And by the way, I should have brought this up then, Nick. After, afterwards, well, when I was uh, imagine I was imagine with... trying to coach Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis the same way. Yeah, they, like yeah. it's so stupid. Um, but Mitch Album wrote a book on the on the Fab Five, and uh, I wonder if Nick read that book. Like it's it's one of the first books I first like big sports books I read. But I specifically remember Steve Fisher saying that you had you. You you don't coach everyone the same way. Like that was a big emphasis that he had there. That you don't you treat everyone with respect, but you don't. Co- but you you there's different styles that that you you coach Jalen Rose different than you coach Chris Weber than you coach Jawan Howard like so on and so forth. So yeah, that is absolutely the case. And I see uh, you know Bill Parcells said you treat everyone fairly, but not the same. So look, I I, I mean I don't. I, I don't doubt that people in the locker room might say, like, are they holding player X accountable? Are they holding player Y accountable? But I don't think Nick Sirianni is doing anything that other coaches aren't doing in that regard. So um, I think that was an intentional uh, framing that he did there. The Tuesdays with Jimmy? Was it, that what it was called? Tuesday, no, it was called the Fab Five. The book was called the Fat Five, and then there was a book Parcells. Actually, my uh, my wife got it for me for Valentine's Day in 2014 or 2015, rather. Um, I, I I read it in a weekend. Awesome book. Would you like to share the significance of uh, this week, ten years later? <laughs> I mean, if you want me to. Um, ten years ago, on Sunday night, I came back from the combine, and I got a. Uh, I got a message. I, I, I got back in my apartment in Philly and I opened, uh, I opened my phone or my computer, I think. And I got oh, a message a computer from message. Yeah, it was, it was on Facebook. Um, wow. <laughs> and it was a message from, uh, my now wife who then was just a woman I was very interested in. Right. Sliding so, into uh, your DMS. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was, I mean, I don't need to get into the whole story, but like it, you know, I, I mean, I was very interested in, in her. Um, but yeah, that was 10 years ago on Sunday. 
Um, so the combine, I always remember, like, I remember, <laughs> I remember being a single guy at that combine, um, my wow. second year on the beat and then never been, um, a single guy since. So, wow. Watch out ladies in Indianapolis back then. <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, but, but you're, yeah. I mean, she I got it in that. just ahead of free agency. Yeah. She put in her, as they're saying in the comments, <laughs> she, she got her bid in. Talk to she, got her, she, she got her bid in. Um, and I always joke that I always joke. It's a good thing. We started dating during the off season because if we start dating during the season, there's no way I'd be married to her because she would be like, why isn't this guy ever available? Why is this guy canceling all these dates? Well, yeah, you why just wouldn't have been dating. You, you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't even have started dating. Yeah. Every like a uh, potential relationship that was in the fall um, didn't materialize because uh, I'm married to football. There's actually there's a a sign in our living room at home. There's a sign in our, in our living room at, at home um, that we uh, got the, the, as an anniversary this, is present. It, is it like uh, this? Th this family is interrupted for football season. Or, or yeah, we interrupt this marriage for football season. That's what it oh, says. We interrupt this marriage, this marriage okay. for football for football season, and that's um, and it's it has like top billing and uh, you know on a shelf in our house, and it is so true. I remember my aunt Eileen got it for us. When I got uh, when I got engaged, and it is so true. So, well, there you go. Uh, all right, before we move on to Howie Roseman and what else he said today at the combine, let's talk about Empire Today, because with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and that price match guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but. Those copycats, they cannot beat Empire today when it comes to quality, service, speed. So they're going to advertise low-quality products that Empire today, they're not even going to carry those, those garbanzo beans products, okay? Empire today will not promise the lowest prices because anybody who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't even put in their worst enemies, okay? So, schedule. A free home, free in-home estimate today. If you're looking for new flooring, all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code PHLY. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHLY for details. Go to Empire Today today. And let me tell you about game time. I was at the bar last night, and the, there was a person sitting in a seat turns around to me and says, were you at the game? The game meaning the Pacers game. And I said, no, I, I was not. But I didn't tell him this. Had I gone to the game, the only place I would have gotten tickets was game time. And the reason is, is because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals and last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area with image of seat views and the lowest price guaranteed with event cancellation protection and job loss protection. Game plan. I'm sorry. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And what is also awesome about it is they have the game time guarantee, which means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for last game time credits you 100% 
I'm sorry, 110% of your difference, uh, of, of, of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Zach, before we get to the big picture Howie Roseman takeaways, I want you to give us the news on a couple of players of interest that Howie Roseman talked to us about, starting with Hassan Reddick. What did Howie Roseman say about Hassan Reddick? Yeah, with Hassan Reddick, uh, they love the player, home, you know, a local guy. Uh, he's, he's been really productive for them, but this is kind of going to be about what the price is, right? And this is nothing about the player himself, but you know, I, 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 I mean, my interpretation is this is going to be dictated by the market. In other words, uh, and how he didn't say this, uh, you know, he he said what I just said that, uh, you know, they 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 need to see what happens here. Um, but my interpretation is if the market gives, if the market suggests that Hassan Reddick's worth X and the Eagles aren't going to pay X, then uh, he'll be free to be traded basically or, or like they'll look to trade them um that that they have a number essentially so that's that's what stood out to me about Howie's remarks there uh is that he didn't deny the fact that there's a negotiation going on here okay next up James Bradbury yeah he said James Bradbury's under contract uh yeah he's and he, or he's on the team and when they say that that's like on the team right now right I think that they have an obligate they have a cap obligation here. They know what the cap obligation is. He, he said oh, Yeah, he, he he said that they that they view him as an outside corner. They probably weren't prepared last year well enough to play uh nickel. Um and they had to move Bradbury in, but that they they he's under contract and like they owe him a lot of money and this is kind of part of the equation. It felt a little bit more open to bringing him back than I might have expected actually. I yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I don't know if I got. I, I think that they are looking at it in this perspective. They're, they're going to have to pay him, or he's, he's, he's going to take a chunk of their cap space, no matter what. You can do the post June first cut, and you split it over two years, but it's not as if he's not eating up your cap space. So you can look at it and say he has this. What's what nine million guaranteed? I believe it is. So if you're guaranteeing him this, this money. It behooves you to kind of, you know, see what I mean. Perhaps in a different defense, perhaps uh, it's on again, off again year. He had a down year with Giants, comes back, has a really good year with the Eagles. Then he has a down year again. Perhaps he he he's up again. I don't think they anticipated the age curve hitting him as hard as it did last year at twenty nine. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they would if if you gave them truth serum, like if you were talking to them. Um, just the, the two of us and Howie at the bar over, you know, some, uh, some Miller light. Um, I think we nice, would, good plug. uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to be careful would, there. Right. Uh, he would oh. be worried about, uh, whether we spiked it or not <laughs> <laughs> over some Miller light. Um, then, uh, then maybe he would say to us, like when we signed him, we didn't expect it to look like that, but I think that they know they're paying him, and so they have to figure out uh, if if the fact that they're paying him, if they'll just eat that money and 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 think that that roster spot's more valuable, or they bring him back and try to salvage him, and not necessarily plan on him looking like James Bradbury, but if he does, that's a bonus. 
All right, last two, Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox. Yeah, good question by you. I'm glad you snuck that in. Good job with the question face-off there. You were, you came armed and ready. You were better than me today. Um, you projected well. Man, but that was one that just needed no. to be asked on the record, I thought. Yeah, you projected well, I think. Uh, sometimes I you ask a question for yourself. Sometimes you ask a question for yes. the Eagles' yeah. sphere. Yeah, like I, I vividly remember uh, which pre- the week one press conference when you were – trying to I get in that Gannon that. question yeah i'm yes. still mad about that to be, to be to be frank yeah yeah Martin i hear frank. you there i hear you there <laughs> so he said that look those are those are all-time eagles what you don't want is them to play in another jersey if they want to come back they'll come they'll be back basically saying it's their decision this isn't a matter of money now that's interesting with fletcher cox because fletcher cox he was a little bit surprising to me yes i thought that was a little bit yeah, interesting fletcher cox has been a little fletcher cox i mean that's clearly the he's case given away he's that. given away his his uh negotiating his power with fletcher cox if, yeah. if fletcher cox wants to play which makes me think that they have a sense of the fletcher situation right um yeah. i i don't think i i think they're anticipating a retirement or fletcher like not being bad. Yeah. And yeah. you don't want to, I, I don't think Howie ever wants to be. And I, look, I know, you know, from talking to a lot of people that, you know, Joe Banner, Flex. Uh, <laughs> Joe Banner probably doesn't like the way the Brian Dawkins thing was portrayed, but I think Howie doesn't want to be the guy who, who lets like, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox, finish his career in Pittsburgh, right? Or like the Jets or something like that. Uh, unless at, Pittsburgh. at that, at that play. Well, no, because it was close to going to Pittsburgh a few years ago. And then it was close to going to the Jets, I think uh, a year ago. I, I don't think that, I, I think uh, Howie wants it to be like, if the player leaves, it's because the play, you know, we, we want him back. I see Tim Williamson says Cox can join PHLY full time. Hey, I don't control the budget, but I would love to have Fletcher Cox on our show. <laughs> all the time i think that would be like if fletcher cox's post career is like in broadcasting i would love fletcher cox to join us at phly yeah see he can wear a different color with us all right let's talk about what what your other unless uh, he just wears green unless he just wears green all the time right (laughs) it comes in in the 91 jersey yeah there you go all right what else did you what else were your takeaways from howie roseman yeah so i i think that they realized after the well, it, they might have realized it in, in in the moment. But I think when he looks back at the roster construction last year, and he said this that that they really wanted to invest a lot in uh, you know the offense. They wanted to have it as as you've talked about and you've been ahead of the curve on. Like they think the way to win is this top five offense, and that they knew they were going to kind of take it on the chin on 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 defense. I think when they realize now is that they let some good players out the door. And they didn't adequately replace them, and that they they need to do a better job uh, with the defensive personnel. And so, if I read between the lines, there, I think the Eagles are going to be aggressive. And I don't think the Eagles are going to be aggressive in the patchwork solutions. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to be aggressive in in like trying to find that twenty six year old safety or linebacker, trying to find what Rodney McLeod was, or trying to find. Yeah, or, or or maybe it's a blue chip player uh, at corner, but I think they're going to look for a Roddy McLeod or what you know what when they signed Hassan Reddick, and that was a fifteen million dollar deal. That was a, a, a substantial deal 
but I mean, they, that, that, that wasn't top of the market. Um, but I, I think they're, they're looking for that two to three year starter in free agency on defense. So um, I don't think it's going to kind of be the one year lottery ticket when at, at I, I think they are going to try to make a splash, so to speak for a core starter on defense. Do you disagree? No, I think I do agree. Um, and and then I think this is rolled in with the salary cap stuff, which we can, we can also talk about, but I, I want to ask you, I, I guess where we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but like, is that, is that more like that, that feels the way that he's talking about it a little bit more likely at linebacker. Um, but I also, again, and and I'm I'm going through and I'm putting together uh, this list for the for the site on like what I think the Eagles board is going to look like at at free agency, right? And there are some attractive linebacker options, you know, Frankie Louvu, Blake Cashman, Patrick Queen. If that's your type, I think Patrick he's a Queen. little bit yeah. um, not necessarily their type. Okay. Um, and then there are guys like uh, like Willie Gay. Who, who are passable, but not necessarily like 10 pole players, but at safety, like, I mean, there are some real guys at safety who are, who are young. Like, you know, Xavier McKinney is only 25 years old. Uh, same for mm-hmm. Cam Curl. There are a bunch of other safeties who are like 26, 27. And I don't know if, I think safety makes more sense to me as like, let's get, let's sign a really, a, a really good 29 year old and hope to pass it on to Blankenship and Brown. Whereas linebacker is like, if we can, if we can sign a, a Frankie Louvu or a Blake Cashman, maybe that makes more sense. But at the same time, you know, what are the odds that the Eagles are going to be the team in the market that pays the most yeah. for, you know, one of the top two linebackers available? Good point, but but that's then again, if it's like our, you know, if Legeria Sneed sneaks yeah. through and gets on the market, like would they be willing to be the team that pays the most for a 27 year old premier corner? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I, I think when when Howie looks at his free agency hits, it's it's the Rodney McLeod, the Brandon Brooks, I would even put Javon Hargrave in there. Right, the guys who like Javon they identified was a, an enormous success. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm saying Javon Hargrave was was an expensive play like that. That was a, a big contract, but yeah. that's why that's a little different than McLeod. But he wasn't like the top guy. You know, I'm, I'll give a shout out to Greg Rosenthal uh, from NFL.com. I think Greg does a really good job on his free agency rankings. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always biased to when Shield did the rankings, but. Uh, like well, you know, I mean, I think Shield she, has rankings coming out, so now you're burying yeah. him for being late. No, no, party. no. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen Shield's rankings yet, but I'm saying like I, I use Greg Rosenthal's rankings as like some of my, you know, I, I think Greg does a really good job there. Um, and so, point being that I, I haven't gone back and looked, but I don't think like Javon Hargrave or Rodney McLeod or Brandon Brooks might have been like top ten in those rankings, but they're players that the Eagles identified, and all the players were better in their second contracts and their first contracts, which is not often the case in free agency. So perhaps you're not playing the top of the market at the position. And when I look at, for instance, I mean, how is, how at, is track record in free agency is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Compared to the rest so of the league, I, like most players who are signed to big deals do not work out very well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most so of I, how he's, it's hard for me to even think of a, of a, a player he signed to a big deal in free agency who did not pan out. 
So, uh, but I, I bring this up because when you look at the safeties on the market, like you look at the top of, I mean, I mean, let's take away like the top 10 players on the list. Cause a lot of those guys are tagged like Antoine Winfield. And, but you know, if you look at, at, at kind of like 11 to 25, there are some D backs in there. Right. And those guys are really going to get paid even like CJ Gardner Johnson or Xavier McKinney or, or, or Kyle Duggar. But then when you look at like the linebackers from like 25 on, Right. I mean, you mentioned Lou, Queens 28 uh, on, on that list. Jordan Brooks is 38 on that list. Um, you know, there's 28. Yeah. Like like Devin White, uh, former all pro is 70th on the list. Um, you know, Willie Gay is 85th on the on the list. And so maybe there's a guy who I mean, Devin White wouldn't be an example of this, but someone like like Willie Gay, maybe who they say. The second contract's going to be better than the first. This is a player who changes scenery, that kind of thing. Um, and then at, at safety, I keep I keep going back to Jeremy Chin, who is 76 on the list. Um, and in the write-up Greg has, if Chin had been a free agent two years ago, he, he would have ranked uh, in the top 30. Um, but Jeremy Chin was someone who I think the Eagles had interest in you have been. Yeah, I mean, if the Eagles don't sign Jeremy Chin, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be like you're gonna turn all, off all the lights and light a candle in your house as a vigil because you have been well, pounding this this Jeremy Chin to the Eagles thing for like three years now. Well, yeah. The one thing I'll say is I don't know what Vic Fangio thinks about him, right? Like I haven't spoke, so I do think Vic Fangio is gonna have a heavy say in personnel. And actually, there was a question today. I apologize if I uh, was it Dave Zangaro. I couldn't see on the other side, and who who asked the question. Uh, you know, is Vic Fangio going to have a heavier say in personnel? Good question. How he's like, yeah. Now he's like, he he thinks he will, right, or something right. like that, or he 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 wants to or expects to, something like that, right? So I I do think you know I don't know what he thinks of of Jeremy Chin, but I do know in that front office that's a player that 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 they've thought highly of going back to the draft, um, going back to the trade market, and it hasn't materialized. He was injured last year. But maybe that's a you know a Roddy McLeod type where you have you know, so much riding on this. If they sign Jeremy Chin, you get you get to you get to do a total victory lap. Like that is that is a celebration not. for you. That is way more impressive than pretending like you predicted the Eagles were going to draft yeah. Nolan Smith with their second yeah. first round pick. Yeah. If they don't sign Jeremy Chin, I'm worried about you. No, don't be because I'm saying I don't know I don't know Vic Fangio's evaluation. But if they did sign him. There would not be a victory lap. You know what there would be? It would be Barry Sanders handing the ball to the official. Act like you've been there before. Well, right? please. As so uh, come on, how could you? How could you say that while you also do the Nolan Smith BS? I mean, we're not going to relitigate that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think the I think the uh, the uh, flags have been planted on that, and it's up to the audience to decide yeah, one which of them side is of history they want to be on. Okay. Uh, you know what? I am not going to fight fire with fire. There was a comment the other day that when that when Bo teases Zach, he just like smiles and moves on, and that um, and that's why Bo keeps doing it because he knows Zach won't push back. Hey, maybe they they psychoanalyzed me well because uh, I'm not pushing back. I'm just gonna smile, and move on. Okay. Um, the salary cap. Yes. Did you get the sense that this changed? their operating procedure at all well i think they were uh, pleasantly surprised by the increase here i don't think it necessarily changed their operating procedure i don't think they're going to spend for the sake of it but i do think that they 
that they know that whatever their internal projections were, I think this might have been higher than their internal projections, and so they have a little more money to spend. Now, as we discussed on the show yesterday, and you astutely pointed out, I agree with everyone has has has, has more money to spend. So what this means is that the it, it's not as if like they found $5 in their pocket and no one else has $5, right? Everyone else found that $5 in their pocket. Um, so everyone has that $5 to spend on whatever, you know, toy that they want to get at five below. But not everybody right? is as um, good at, at spending $5 as they are. And so that's where they're probably excited about some it. Of those is, teams is that like put those $5 in their pocket? Sure. Yeah. And, and some of those teams and like are going to, you know, spend those five, you know, spend that $5 to pay down last year's $5 debt. Right. Um, and so I, I yeah, I, I do think that they, that they have more flexibility and I think they'll, they'll try to respond accordingly. Um, so I, I think it's one of those things that they're happy about, but I don't think it necessarily changes their offseason plans as, as much as it gives them a little more flexibility to do what they wanted to do this offseason. All right. Anything else from Howie that you would like to discuss? Uh, let me scan through this here because actually the transcript came while we were here. Um, oh, just like Julio Jones. <laughs> uh, so let me see here. Yeah. So the aberration question, look, I talked about that after the show when the press conference came up. And I, because I, I thought that was an important quote from from Howie um, in the end of the season press conference. And it was the last question. So I couldn't get a follow-up, but he says, you don't want to overreact to an aberration. And I think that I am curious and he didn't really answer it. I, I said, as you analyze it, do you view the last few weeks of the season as an aberration? And he said, quote, I don't know that I think about it other than how do we improve? How do we get better as quickly as we can? How do we put our resources in the right position? How do we make, got good decisions after good decisions. Certainly we weren't good enough. Um, I think luckily that we've gotten to a point where the standard here is trying to compete for championships. I don't need to read the whole quote, but yeah, I, I, I don't think their big takeaway from last season is this is a team that's in trouble. I think that they view it as there is top flight offensive personnel, that there's top flight personnel on offense. And there's holes on defense that they can rectify. I don't think they view it like the wheels are falling off this roster and perhaps they should. Um, it's interesting. No one is kind of getting to the bottom of like what went wrong. And it's a good, trust me, it's, it's, it's not for a lack of asking and everyone wants there to be like one thing and it could be a million, like a million little things, right. That all added up. And they got the crap kicked out. By the way, I I owe a Mia culpa for you. Um, to me? Yes, to you. Right, well in, well in the uh, probably a little late to do this now, but I am and and for our audience, I am sorry. I apologize for the amount of times that I've cursed on this show. And I bring this up because to me, I'm wow. like, you should speak organically. This might be how I, how, how, uh, this might be how I speak. Um, I'd listened to, uh, and I'm not, this is, I, I don't say this in a bad way. I love this show, but I listened to the, uh, 
to the Kelsey podcast with my son in the car the other day. We were going to the Sixers game and I had the Kelsey podcast mm. on. And, you know, there were some F-bombs thrown in S-bombs and Reed said they said a bad word. Uh, and I said, oh, so, oh, I'm sorry, should I turn it off? And he said, don't worry, I won't tell mom. Um, and so, oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I realize now that it's it's not like our viewers and listeners virgin ears, right? It's more you might be listening while you have a kid in the backseat of the car. Of which, course. Which I, I've never, We've long yeah. said this show is for the is for the families. Yeah, but I, I didn't you totally that put and, that together. And, I got to say, I, I didn't totally put that together because I had never listened to a podcast with my kids in the car. Typically, like, you know, we have the, uh, the Disney music or whatever music they're listening to, right? But my my son's getting into sports. He, he's into the Kelsey's. He's, I said, um, I said, what do you want to listen to? And he said, uh, let's listen to a podcast. And I said, oh, okay. And then he initially said the PHLY podcast. I already listened to the show. And so then I, I said, uh, I said, how about the Kelsey podcast? Oh, he got really excited. And I was explaining to him. And then like, it was a great interview with, with Chris Long and Bo Allen. Very but, good interview. Yeah. <laughs> Once he hears did the that F-bomb, interview, give you more of a, more of a lean towards Kelsey retiring. It did for me. It did. Yes, it did. I think. Um, and I think even the way they answered the question, like they spoke to him. I think it's like yes. they know this is coming to yeah. So yes. that's that's how it felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, you know, so. You know, don't, don't you don't have to uh, if it's if it really strikes you as necessary, you you can do it. But I think a yeah a conscious effort to decrease the uh, the cursing yeah. is okay, and we'll leave the uh, we'll leave the mistress talk and uh, cum jokes in just for everybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He says. <laughs> I- I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I'm not gonna push back. I'm like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna let that one that one fly. Um. So uh, you know, a lot, I see a lot of complaints in the chat about how many questions were asked by like Colts people and about like Kirby Smart. And just to just to explain how that happens, like the podium, the Eagles reporters are all off to the side doing something before the press conference and then we all make our way to the podium and there are people who are like just you know camped out dead center and so like you know is it if i were an eagles reporter would i be waste would like would i be uh sitting in the middle trying to get a question when there are like 10 beat writers around me trying to ask their own questions about a team i don't cover probably not but respect the game they're doing that's they're, they're there to do their own job so that's how that happens can't get can't push back on you you did this in there with gannon's press conference last year right i did it with peterson today right i mean look everyone's got a job yes i think there is a, an art to it and i and well there, okay. there's i i think first i think my approach to it is either you do it like the very first question to get it out of the way or you make sure that everybody who actually covers the team has gotten their question and and the well, I, press conference is like trailing off and then you get in there. I agree with you there. And that's what I did for full disclosure. That's what I did in the Jacksonville press conference. I, I waited until the Trevor Lawrence questions came up and that kind of thing. Um, in the defense of the Colts reporter and uh, the Georgia reporter and whoever it may be. Uh, They've got a job to do. They're eager. 
Yeah, there are Eagles reporters who literally didn't get, who were trying to get, you know, I was trying to get more questions in. There are Eagles reporters who who didn't get the questions that they wanted in. Um, it's it's the nature of the beast here. I wish we had more time with these guys. I wish we had more time on the side with them. Like, like I get it. It's it's that uh, there's a lot to ask. We all make the investment to come out here. Everyone has a job to do. Um, and the what I always I, I try to be I try to be empathetic. If you're if you're a Georgia reporter and you flew up here for the combine and your boss is expecting you to, to deliver this story, you can't be like, well, gotta do what you gotta do. The Eagles reporters, right? Yeah, you, you got to get your question in, right? And the Eagles fans might not like that. Um, I also yeah, I, I think that's all I've, fair. I've, I've I think ever, that's all yeah, fair. Yeah. I've also received like like questions ab- about this. Uh, you know, you know, why were you asking about topic X, topic y? like just because something is discussed on talk radio or on social media does not necessarily mean like it needs commentary from. You know, it's it's also up to, up to us to ascertain what what is like worthy of a you know. You know, it's your job. You know, you're only going to get you know yeah, at exactly. most three questions in, right? Yeah. It's your job to decide what are the most important questions to be asked. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. you don't need to ask about some nonsense report that's, you know, stupid on its face. Yes, exactly. And, and there's stuff that, like, we can, you know, lend lend context to, right? That sure. um, That – and we have conversations with people all the time, like even if it's not in the televised interview that – it kind of shapes our perspective and shapes our comments. And I, I do hope that there's that our audience is nuanced enough to know that when they, that when we speak about something, we're often not picking it out of thin air. It's, it's based on, you know, like if, if I go to a certain place, if I don't go to a certain place, it might be because I've had conversations with, with people saying like, yeah, there's something here or there's nothing there. And sometimes we don't want to give oxygen to something that we know not to be true. Hmm. Like Jeremy Chin, print well, the jerseys speculation. now. Buy it at the price. That's yeah. yeah, that's more speculation than, than than anything else. But like the Craig Carton stuff, right? Like, look, I I'm the yeah. first one to admit that I am. We're all operating with an information deficit. Like we don't know everything that goes on in a locker room, right? But we don't know. We also a, a fifth of, uh, 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 like yeah, two percent of what goes on in the locker room. Yeah. But like, just because someone says something on TV doesn't mean we have to say like, "What's your response to this ambiguous report about yeah, such and such?" Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now that you have the transcript up, anything else to go over from from Howie? Um. Let's see here. So, the Jalen Hurts yeah, we question. We talked about that. It, yeah. The the rookie stuff. That was that was a good question from you. Um. When he was talking about upgrading. On defense, the top priority, you know, he he mentioned that they want to get better at all areas. They're obviously like they're not gonna prioritize defensive tackle. They have young defensive tackles, right? Um let's see, Shane Steichen, uh Nolan Smith heading into year two. He said Nolan Smith played well in the playoff game. Did you did you feel Nolan Smith played well in the playoff game? I certainly didn't remember that if he did, but yeah, yeah. Um he says that's someone that they that he has all the tools, he has the right mentality. He's got to go and show it, and the indication was that he needs an opportunity to do it. Uh, at, at running back, he said that they're talented players on the free agent market. 
their guys in their own team. Talented players end up getting paid. Um, and everyone has a value that they place on on players that they'll see how how this thing shakes out. I've said I said last week the Eagles are probably going to let the market come to them. The Eagles are not going to set the market at running back. It's simply not something they're going to do. But they like to. So they did it last shop, year with like Rashad to, Penny and Boston Scott on the market. first day of free agency. It was wild. No, but they didn't set the market, right? I mean, they gave Rashad Penny a deal that. Yeah, setting the markets the Miles Sanders deal, right? Like your, your, pay, you know, the market came to them with Rashad Penny. Maybe not Boston Scott. Like Rashad Penny didn't get, <laughs> get, didn't get yeah. anything from that. It didn't play. Um, so let me see here. Give give him Vic Fangio's. They they took out the part of the transcript about Vic Vic wants uh, to say. Uh, oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, Devontae Smith. Okay, so this is reading between the lines. Um, this was a question, I believe, from Olivia Reiner. Does a great job at the Inquirer. Uh, quote, Devontae is an incredible person, incredible player, obviously homegrown young guy. Without getting into the specifics, those are the guys you don't really want to leave. We have, we have uh, discussed this before, that they're going to prioritize keeping Devontae. They have a track record of not letting their outstanding draft picks leave. They'll more than willing to let their bad draft picks leave. Like they, they, they do a better job than maybe I, I would do if I was a GM or some other GMs that I've covered at not compounding a problem with a problem, right? Like I, I might be too attached to a player and say, all right, change the scenery, this kind of thing. It's why I love these former first round picks and free agency. I think they cut their losses better than some other GMs, but they, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. The reason these guys have stayed here is because they prioritize keeping the guys who are really good that they signed. Uh, and then the Fletcher Cox, let me ask you, Jason Kelsey, let me ask you a question about you. that. Okay, oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we already yeah. talked about and that. Just, yeah, we already talked about that. Yep. How good of a job if if let's say Olivia keeps racking up these uh, Pennsylvania Sports Writer of the Year awards? Let's say she gets to like five in a row. Okay, how good? Like, yeah. how many would she have to win? before the paper changes its name to the Inquiriner. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to happen um, mm. because it's it's literally you're an inquirer for Philadelphia. You inquire about Philadelphia. So, yeah, yeah that would not change. At some but, point, she could get big enough to be bigger, to be the face of the paper. What if she wins 15 yeah. in a row? Inquiriner. Uh, yeah, I mean – Look, I think she could win 15 in a row. I think there's a better chance that that she's elsewhere before she wins 15 in a row, right? I think like <laughs> I think if she wins, I think she wins five in a row. But maybe she, that's how they keep her. Big, big, maybe that's their counter offer. To the name, is to yeah. change the name of the paper. Yeah. Well, she does an awesome job, and um, and credit to her. And uh, look, look, they have an outstanding staff of like of young reporters. Um, you know, Alex Coffey wrote a terrific story recently. I'll, I'll give a shout out to her and you know, we know the job EJ does. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, and, you know, we had Josh Tolentino on the other day, uh, you know, Josh giving us good intel on, on the Kobe Dean. Uh, so they've really big good young take, people. Big takeaway here is you're calling Jeff McLean old. Oh no, 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 no. But like, uh, I mean, that's the thing. No, you, no, you not at all. Said not at all. Washed. That's definitely McLean is amazing. <laughs> I say this, like I, but I you're spoke, not saying he's young. No, I spoke. Okay, let me. All right, Bo, you didn't have to bring me down this this let, rabbit hole. We all let me. Heard it. 
Let me clarify this. You Let me said clarify Jeff this. Jeff okay. McLean okay. in his in his walker is no. putzing around. Not, <laughs> Jeff has had a huge effect on my career. I'm so proud of like the work I did with Jeff. And Jeff is Jeff's the Jeff is one of the best great reporters in the country. Like I say that. I was talking about young reporters in particular because, and I will say this, there was a period because of he's time. He's not one of them, is your point. No. And Jeff would agree with this. There's a period of time when the inquirer had um, a void of young reporters, right? Because there was, it was just the nature. There were there there had been layoffs, and the way it was was like last one in, first one out, and then there was a hiring freeze for a period, and there were some people who who who, who left. I'll say when I was there, you can count on one hand the people in the, in the, in the 20s in the sports section, right? Uh, and they've done a good job in the past few years of bringing in some of these, these young talented people. So uh, that's what I was trying to say. I mean, Jeff is awesome. Like Jeff, Jeff knows that I think that. But now he also knows you think he's old. Well, no, Jeff's older than Olivia and EJ. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Coffey. I mean, Jeff was telling you the same thing. There's <laughs> someone said, don't take his bait. Stop taking the threat level midnight says stop taking the bait. You can't compliment someone driving, without you. Driving 15 uh, miles an hour on the highway to work. No, Jeff does not drive 15 miles per hour. Jeff actually, <laughs> Jeff would say, I, I'm the one between the two of us who drives 15 miles per hour. Mm. We've had a lot of drives together, and uh, between the two of us, I'm the slower driver. You're listening to big band music? I'm listening to podcasts that have the F word in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else uh, that we should talk about, Zach? Um, no, you know that they. I, I just want to reinforce, and I, I'm, 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 I'm going to have some like quotes from today up on uh, allphly.com. But then I'm, I'm also going to, at the end of the week, kind of have some overriding thoughts and like takeaways from my week in Indy. And one of the things that I I would kind of reinforce is that I do think they're going to be active um, in free agency, and I do think that it's not going to be for your one year um, band aids. I, I think they're going to try to make a splash, and the splash might not be a Lajarius Sneed or a Jalen Johnson, where you're paying a guy you know fifteen twenty million, but a splash might very well be. A starter at uh, you know a starter at two levels of the defense, right? And that they that they think can be part of the twenty twenty four defense and the twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six defense. I also think as much as you know, I I expect the Eagles to upgrade the number three wide receiver this offseason. I think there's a better chance of that coming in the draft. I, I think they've invested a lot of money in in wide receiver unless there's a bargain. I don't think they're going to be in the market for like a Hollywood Brown or someone like that. That would oh, really surprise not. me. Yeah, you've been pounding the Darnell uh, maybe, Mooney train, though. Yeah, but even Darnell Mooney might be out of, out of their price range. I I think that there's a better chance I that they would, draft. I would like, think so. A, a wide receiver or a, a tight end, unless the market comes to them. Um, I think the money that they spend is going to be on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they do realize that they needed to be better uh, personnel wise on defense. Okay. Uh, last thing we should say, because you know, you asked the question about uh, yesterday. What you know, what 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 is our time like here in Indy? We should let the listeners know we had a chance to have a lovely dinner last night with Marissa. Oh, and awesome. uh, boy, Great is the feud here. between Marissa and Julia just heating up? I mean, no, don't create feuds, please. <laughs> don't create feuds. 
yeah. It's like if, you know, Marissa is an amazing producer. Joey is an amazing producer. Let's let's let them, you know, what's the now expression? Now it's time to find out which is, one's a better boxer. No, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Um, so let's let's not compare. Let's just appreciate the fact that, I mean, I mean, you and I hit the jackpot with two producers. Well said. Yeah, we had a lovely dinner. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was great seeing her. Yeah, good time. So made that made the trip to Indianapolis worth it, as far as I'm concerned, Zach. Well, that was a highlight of yesterday, but I mean, we're gonna do work. I knew you were gonna do this. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Marissa's amazing. She knows that, but like, if 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 I came to the two Indian, if I came to Indianapolis on the company's dime, and I'm producing, you know, two shows here plus shows when we get back with information from here and two or three articles from here. And I said that the highlight was um, nothing to do with work. That, that, that wouldn't be productive. Productive's yes. got nothing to do with it. We're talking about your personal opinion. Absolutely. That was the highlight of the trip to Indianapolis. As far as I'm concerned, I'm here because it's my job. That was the highlight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, Marissa I knows that. Painted. And now she knows who appreciates her time more. No, it was awesome seeing it was awesome seeing Marissa. All right. Well, uh, I look forward to uh, talking tomorrow about whatever uh, whatever shenanigans we, we get into tonight, Zach. Um, that will do it for this episode of the PHOY Eagles podcast at the Combine. Uh, some discussion in the chat. Apparently, this is not a an original bit, uh, which I did not know. And so maybe I'll, you know, if it's not original, then I'm going to probably cast it aside. So it's going to be the last Combine episode. But uh, we are back tomorrow at noon from Radio Row uh, and then back on Thursday and Friday in studio in Philadelphia at noon as well. Stay tuned to allphly.com for what we've got cooking the rest of the week. And for Zach and Julia, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Talk to you tomorrow. And as always, by the way, Zach is working on the world's first book on leadership. You can Check out that uh, next <laughs> spring. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We There's one other thing we have to say. Thank you for, for putting this in, in the chat. The oh, PHLY yes. Locker. Yes. Um, PHLY Locker, it? 30% off. Yeah. Please. 30% off until Wednesday. 30% off everything at the PHLY Locker. Zach, that guy who's writing that leadership book, is also known for his fashion sense. If you want to look like Zach Berman, you can do it by hitting up the PHLY locker, 30% off through Wednesday. Thank you for the reminder, Provolone John. Uh, now that will do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 